0: You are listening to the Marty Leeds Mathematical Radio Hour, where we discuss myth, math, spirituality, philosophy, science, conspiracy, politics, and so much more. www.martyleeds33.com
1: teachings radio broadcast our website www.thesecretteachings.info and on our website is where you're going to find everything you might want and need to know about this program from social media on twitter at tsteachings our youtube channel where you can find some past episodes full length and some that are in segments with guests and others without guests with my own research and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thesecretteachings. On Facebook, our main social media page, all of the links to upcoming and past shows, which you can also find. Everything is very interactive and connected. Everything is very synchronistically linked up on our website at www.thesecretteachings.info. If you'd like to contact me for any reason, any reason whatsoever, it is rdgable at yahoo.com. That's my email personally. Nobody looks at those emails except me, rdgable at yahoo.com. If you've missed any of our past shows the past few weeks toward the end of 2017 into October, we have done a few shows on numbers, the numbers game, I called it, mass shootings, a numbers game on the 4th of October. Another show on the 7th of October called What Happens in Vegas, also happened elsewhere, looking at the numbers and the patterns of mass shootings and other current or global events. We've talked about the celebrity being a religion on our seven-year anniversary broadcast on the 11th of October. My good friend who used to co-host with us, Mike D., he joined us for a reunion show on the 14th. That was Saturday. We talked about abuse in Hollywood, a little bit more about numbers and a lot about pedophilia. And today on the show, we have a guest, first guest we've had in a long time, Marty Leeds, who is the author of several books, including the series known as Pi and the English Alphabet. He has a podcast called the Marty Leeds Mathemagical Radio Hour. I had to read that twice to make sure it said Mathemagical. I like that name, Mathemagical Radio Hour. Available on iTunes. And he has an ongoing lecture series and video series available at youtube.com forward slash Leeds 33 That's M-A-R-T-Y-L-E-E-D-S 33. If you are listening, just listening, not watching, you can watch on our YouTube page. You can go back and watch this video for free because right now not only am I on screen, but I also have our guest today, Marty Leeds is with us, martyleeds.com, martyleeds33.com. That's the website. Marty, how are you doing today?
0: Good, man. Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. I had about five or six listeners during my shows on Stephen Paddock and the Las Vegas shooting kept messaging me, asking me if I got my information from Marty Leeds. And I said, no, I didn't get my information from Marty Leeds, but who's Marty Leeds? Unfortunately, I'd never heard of you. They sent me some links. I went and saw your... Saw your content. I watched your video called DeCulting. That's the name of it, DeCulting, the Las Vegas shooting. And I thought, wow, it's like Marty Leeds watched The Secret Teachings and got his information from here. We're both operating, obviously, on the same wavelength. Tell us a little bit about what you do,
0: Marty. Well, basically, the focus is um, symbolism, numerology, um, number symbolism, that sort of stuff, and then gematria. That's essentially the focus, But, and that's what I write my books about mainly and how those things are found, those basically sacred sciences are found in the religious texts, especially like the Holy Bible, how secret societies uh, uh, you know, embody this sort of knowledge system, that sort of thing. So that, because it's dealing with numbers and language, which are universal, it goes into all sorts of different avenues. And I deal with all sorts of different subjects. So if you go to like the YouTube page, the last video I did was de-occulting of the Las Vegas shooting. A few videos before that, I did a video on the rainbow. (laughs) So, I mean, two, it seems like very disparate ideas, but showing how through language and mathematics, that so much of this stuff actually merges. So...
1: It absolutely does. I find myself synchronistically drawn to certain subjects, and I have felt that (coughs) way for the last seven years I've done radio. I did a show at the end of September called Sacred Numerology and the Temple of Nature, and I was also a guest on Lighting the Void to talk about that same subject. They heard me talk about numbers and the temple of nature and occultism. We had a show about that on Lighting the Void, and I started to follow... I I, I suppose, a trail of breadcrumbs that were laid out to me by that universal energy, if you will. And I picked up a book called Jesus Christ, Son, S-U-N, Son of God, Ancient Cosmology and Early Christian Symbolism. And I have to tell you, if I hadn't read the final 50 pages of this book, your presentation on... Deculting or deoculting the Las Vegas shooting, even though I knew the numbers wouldn't have made as much <laughs> sense. So in reading this, uh, reading this book that I was sort of led to, it made it easier to understand what you were saying about the Las Vegas shooting, which was a a similar but a unique and different perspective using mathematics to sort of determine what
0: occurred
1: at that at that event. Correct? That's what you're doing.
0: Yes. I mean essentially yes Um, it does help if you've had some sort of experience with this knowledge system at all and even just basic things like understand number symbolism uh, arithmomancy, basic numerological functions that sort of stuff if you have any sort of experience with any of that then watching the videos does help but I also try to do I fail a lot but I try (laughs) to also do it paced very slow very concise and repeat myself so if somebody is new to the material they can also learn it as i'm doing it so and i also try to do that with the books a little bit is write it in a way that it's for the advanced and also for the uh, somebody that's new to this material so
1: well let me ask you this question about about numbers we see numbers everyday numbers are symbols letters are symbols words are a, a, a composition of, of, of symbols and they all have their their own unique meaning <clears throat> vibration per se when we look can at, I
0: stop you there a second yeah absolutely the, the, the thing that you're saying right there is so important that most people just don't, they, they walk through life and have no idea about because, essentially because we're not taught that and you will learn sure, this stuff sure. through mysticism that those letters are symbols and it, by their very definition, so we tend to speak language. We put the, these combinatory uh, letters together to form words, that form sentences, that form paragraphs, that form stories and stuff like that. And most of the time, we just read and we don't even pay attention. But people forget that those are those are geogra- uh, excuse me geometric symbols that letters are that therefore because they are symbols, they are symbolic of something. So we speak these words all the time. We're constantly talking to each other, and yet we hardly ever stop to say, wait a second, what does all this stuff really mean? And the, one of the, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. But one of the, one of the perfect examples I give is the letter S. This is the one that's so easy for most people to understand. Well, what is an S? What does it look like? Does it look like a snake? Does it look like a slithery, slimy, slippery uh, serpent snake that hisses? you know it's it's simple things like that that we're not taught in our quote unquote education system that really um, uh, i don't know it's just it's so deep there's just there's just so much behind there anyway i just wanted to stop and say so that because stop, were, it's anytime. something i've been thinking a lot about how how often we we talk we, we talk all the time and yet we we ever stop we hardly ever stop to say what do these things mean what does a mean What what does A traditionally mean in all these other languages, etc.? Sure, yes. Symbols are numbers, they
1: are letters, they are animals, they are colors, and it's all all around us. I mean, a lot of the, for lack of a better description or word, the occult teachings, the secret teachings, are composed of a tremendous, in fact, almost exclusively uh, 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 unique form of symbolism that a lot of us, we can watch a movie like Cinderella, Snow White, Sleeping Beauty... Or even The Emperor's New Groove, which is a kid's movie on Disney. And these are all based off of very ancient stories, like The Emperor's New Groove is based off of the, the story of the Golden Ass. Uh, you look at Cinderella, that is the story of Isis searching for Osiris, her prince charming her king. Uh, We see that in Sleeping Beauty. We have a lot of Rosicrucian symbolism, the spirit submerged into matter, which is Gnosticism. So kids are being inundated with this at a very young age, and a lot of people love to scream, it's Satanism, it's devil worship, it's the Masons. I heard on your video, though, Marty, you don't think it's just the Masons.
0: I think it's when people say that, number one, it's clear that they haven't done any research (laughs) (laughs) into real Masonry. And I understand why people say that, too, because at the at the core, I think when you get to a lot of the conspiracies and things like that, you will see that these people have and utilize these sacred sciences that are found in these secret orders. They're using the same body of information. And so when people see the evil, they automatically associate it with that that evil occult science. And immediately they just deem it all evil. It's all occult. Push it away. Do you see this
1: exploitation? Exploitation of the
0: sacred science? uh, Mockery. Mockery. Yeah, exploitation, mockery. I mean, I think, I mean, you watched part of the video. That's essentially what the de-occulting of Las Vegas shooting that video is ultimately about. It is to make a mockery of the name, the holy name of Jesus Christ.
1: Precisely. I think when you have a look at these numbers, they allow us, going back to that idea that you can pull numbers out of anywhere, Marty, so these numbers could really mean anything. Well, in a way, they could mean anything to a specific person who's looking for a certain number, but when I have headlines, and I've shown them on the YouTube video when we did the show the other day, headlines that that use these numbers from mainstream media, from alternative media, when the press is reporting this, and when law enforcement are reporting this, these, this is not my imagination. This is not your imagination. We're not making this up. We're not trying to pull numbers out. These numbers are right there in front of us, such as 33 Las Vegas shooting victims from California. Seven concert goers lived in Nevada. Six from Las Vegas. Las Vegas shooter bought 33 guns in the last 12 months. I know that's an article that you showed on, on your YouTube video. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we know that he had 23 guns, 32nd <coughs> floor, uh, 58 people died, 5, 8, 13. You see these numbers, they keep popping up. I think that can help us determine whether an event is organic, or if it is synthetic, or it is a little bit of both, and what exactly that event uh, is, 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 is representative of, the Harvest
0: Festival. Mm-hmm. Well, um, one of the things I, I didn't mention, I forgot to mention in that video, is in, in English Camacho, you got to remember, this, is, this yeah. is the opening of Genesis 1-1. Okay, so the, the Genesis 1-1 is giving you two essentially ar- archetypes, and those being heaven and earth, right? In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth, and you'll find this in Hebrew, you'll find it in etc. So ha- concepts of heaven and earth. Well, in English gematria, from the cipher that I got from the Holy Bible, heaven equals 23 and earth equals 24, okay? So in the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. Heaven equals 23, earth equals 24. The combination of those two are 47, There's 47 degrees between the tropics um, is is important. And the the compass on the Freemasonic square and compasses on the Holy Bible is open to 47 degrees. The the pyramid on the back of the $1 bill is 47 degrees. So in one of those articles, it says, and this is, I I can't believe I forgot to mention this, but I'm going to mention it now. So in the article, it says he bought 33 guns in 12 months, and then he brought he bought a total of 47 guns. He had a total of 47 guns. 23 he brought up to the hotel, and 24 he left at his house. So think That's about so that. That's so significant. 23 he brought up to heaven, up to the 32nd floor, and 24 he left at his house. And 23 equals heaven, and 24 equals earth, and he bought 47. Those are, occult, those are key occult numbers in English Gematria. Now, in fact, they're are they're, they're so key that they're presented to you in the first verse of Genesis one one. That is a primer. That's that's what Genesis one one is. It's a primer. Is uh, it's a primer or primer? It's it's just like the primer in your house. You have to lay that primer down before anything else is going to stick. You can paint the whole house and all that all that paint's going to fall off. You have to lay the primer down first, and that's really what Genesis one one is in all of these languages. Um, is basically is to allow—if you can understand this and all the principles and all the archetypes and all the geometry and all the psychology and the philosophy that's in this, then the rest of the text is going to make sense. And so the fact that they used those numbers, 23, 24, 47, in the way that they did, is very clear occult uh, occult work.
1: Right, that he brings 23 to the room, leaves 24 down below. 24
0: on earth, 23 in the earth. room up there, and, and that's and, a, on the 32nd floor.
1: On the 32nd floor. And so you have— heaven and earth, you said, merge together. I think that is the superimposing of the two triangles. That's the seal of Solomon, the star of David, star of Saturn. Am I, am I incorrect?
0: No. I mean, what you're hitting on there is um, all the different ways in which the cons. this, um, as I'm, I'm sure you've talked about this all the time on your show, but basically this fundamental concept of the merging of heaven and earth within the temple of the human being, right? That as above, so below, of course, Right. The human being is what brings heaven and earth together. Your consciousness, your perception is actually what brings heaven and earth together. Like if you look out at the horizon, the horizon will rise up to your eye line, the earth the, the heavens come down and meet that horizon. And so you are the being that actually brings heaven and earth together. So, you know, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, is in the beginning, God created the concept of 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 the great uh, well, human beings, of course, I mean, that's what Genesis ends up going on and tell you. but so yes, all of these different symbols actually tell you about the concepts of as above, so below, heaven, earth, etc. Um, squaring the circle is one of them, circle and square, um, sealed Solomon star of David, just like you said, you got one pointing up. you got a chalice, fire blade, chalice. Yep. chalice, one down um, ordo Templi Orientis, they use the same thing. Freemasonic square and compasses. You got the compass pointing up the square pointing down as above. So below all of these, so many, and we talked about this a little bit, uh, last night and before the show show here, but so many people go running for the damn Hills when they, when they see a Freemasonic square encompasses, having no idea that that Freemasonic square encompasses is actually telling you about, as I just said, the primer that is Genesis one one. That allows you to actually understand the deeper meanings behind the rest of the Bible.
1: Something I found I found very interesting uh, on top of actually digging it up was you've heard of the magical squares of the planets, correct?
0: Um, yeah, like the like uh, like square of the sun, magic square of the sun, magic square. Uh, yeah, I, is that yeah. what you're talking about? Yeah, the
1: magic square of Saturn, the magic square of mm-hmm. the sun. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And the different intelligences: the intelligent sun, the material sun, the spiritual sun. Uh, I, had, I had a look at the, uh, the new, n- I guess you could call it numerology, but the, the square of the sun adds up to 111. So you have every vertical and horizontal column adds up to 111. And the overall 111 plus the 6 or times the 6 is going to give you 666. Six, six. So one of the numbers of the sun is 666. Six, six. That's the spirit of the sun. They call that Soroth. The intelligent sun, Nikhil, adds up to 111
0: and isn't the the magic square of the sun right if god it's been a while since i've done this but if i remember correctly the the magic square of the sun it gives you the numbers one through 36 so it's a six by six square excuse me and if you add them across it's 180 so it's 180 180 180 180 and then when you reduce those numbers down then it gives you 111 do you know what i'm saying
1: I have an idea of what you're saying. From what I understand the magic square is that you've got the horizontal and the vertical columns. You have 111 horizontal, 111 vertical. And then since you have six columns, 666 is the 111 times 6666. But that's only one. A, oh,
0: here, boom. Here we go. I can show this. This comes from my book, uh, The Peacock's Tales. So this is the magic square of the sun, Uh, You probably can't see this, but basically... Yeah, I I just showed that on the YouTube video. That's exactly what I have here, yes. Boom, right? Yeah, so you got the one there that's, if you add it across, it's 180. And then if you reduce those numbers down, then you add it across, it's 111. So just as you were saying. So yeah, I mean, um, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, you're, you're correct. You're correct. I'm saying this incorrectly. You're correct. Each row sums to 111. When you reduce those numbers down... Each row sums to 30. So then when you add all of those rows, you get 180. You get 180 from adding the rows Un- that are 180. That are so you're given two extremely, extremely important numbers, 111, 180. In English gematria, <clears throat> Genesis 1-3, um, uh, and God said, let there be light, equals 111. Omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent equals 111 as well. And that's the th- that's the one one one, yeah. right? omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. One, one, one equals 111.
1: 111. And, so. and, and you have the the uh, the symbol of the Kech in Egypt. It's a hieroglyphic. It's a triangle, a chalice with a cross in the middle, and then hanging below that like a plumb bob is a circle with lines coming out of it. And it's a symbol that represents the city uh, that rests on the Tropic of Cancer where the sun sets on June 21st. Exactly above it, it's called scion, where uh, that famous mathematician I forget how to pronounce his name. I think it's Eratosthenes, Eratosthenes, who measured the circumference of the earth. Uh, that that symbol there in in Syene. Did he? Well, apparently, <laughs> Cy- as a
0: result, Syene
1: there in 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 the uh, on the Tropic of Cancer adds mm-hmm. up to 666. And so 666 is the place where the sun rests on the summer solstice, June 21st. That's something else that I've I've done some research on, but that adds up to 666 as well. Plus you have a lot of the sun gods, uh, Abraxas, uh, Mithras, their numbers are 365, the number of days in a year, or 365.25, which are the number of books that Hermes had written according to
0: Mantheos. Um, Abraxas, yeah, Greek is 365, right? Which, yes. yeah, right. And um, ab- what A, B is father, alphabet, and then Ra is the Egyptian sun god. Sun god, chief then, god. Th- right? and then uh, Araxis, and then i forget what the rest is anyway but yeah i mean it, i mean it, when you get when you see for instance child in english gematria c h i l d is 36524 just reading left to right just as you would read it is 36524 and that there's supposedly 365.24 days in our solar year so when you see that in english or like the first three letters of christ the son of god are CHR and that's three, six, five. When you see stuff like that in English and then you see stuff like that in Greek and then you see stuff like that in Hebrew and you see stuff like that in Arabic, then you can see that there's something underneath all of those languages that actually brings them together and shows that there's a, there's an equanimity. Is that what I'm looking for? The word, A, a, a universality to those languages, that there's a connectivity to them. And the connection is always has been and always will be numbers. Because that is the universal language, and that's the thing that I always like try try to reiterate or try to really, you know, make this point strongly is that, you know, if, if you have a, a triangle and this side's one and this side's one, this side is going to be the square root of two. It don't matter who you are, where you are, where you were born, what time in history you live, if it's tomorrow or fifty thousand years ago, that's always going to be the same. And so, when we talk about the tower of Babel or having a universal language, there is a universal language that we all can come to understand again. And that is the language of math. And I think you had said right before the show that that's one of the things that actually got you into mysticism and esoterica is that you kept seeing numbers. And when you get into that study, you realize how, I mean, it's just, I mean, as you know, it's just an incredible, incredible study and I can't get enough of it. (laughs) <laughs> so and and I think especially when you talk about all the great philosophers of the world, the great philosophers of the world, philosophy is phi la so phi. The phonetic phi-lo-so-fee. values are phonetic sounds of phi la so phi. Phi and phi is the golden mean, the golden ratio, the golden proportion. And I think So if you're gonna do good philosophy, it better be rooted in mathematics. I think that was the essence of uh, a lot of the
1: mythologies—the different stories of, of Orpheus or Apollo playing the instruments uh, through beauty and through, or the beauty of music through harmony. Uh, mm-hmm. Pythagoras said that God was harmony, uh, vibration, which is like, you know, plucking a string on a guitar—the vibration that that uh, emanates uh, uh, creates. So. When you look at a lot of the ancient mythology and the symbolism it could be in greece greece was much more mystical if you will than rome uh in egypt any ancient civilization even again carried over today we have a lot of those stories that are preserved in in, in television shows and in, in movies and in, uh, <coughs> cartoons it's not done for some dark diabolical reason it, i think it's done by the people who understand it in order to preserve those uh, sacred, secret teachings for future generations. Because when I'm sitting and watching Harry Potter, for example, that movie is not just some woman who decided to start writing a a, a script on a napkin. That woman has been versed in some serious, serious occult lore, from, you know, Severus the Three-Headed Dog and the Philosopher's Stone to the Devil's Snare to uh, Minerva, who guards the castle.
0: Wasn't uh, wasn't her? Fir- I don't I don't read those books. I mean, I've seen the I, first I three either. or four movies. I don't but either. But isn't wasn't the first movie called Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone? And they changed it to Sorcerer's Stone. Sorcerer's Stone, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's basically saying. And then, okay, this is <laughs> you can actually break down the name of Harry, right? So um, I did this in a video. Uh, don't tell me which I can't even <laughs> tell you what video. It was, a long time but ago. Ba- yeah, at some point, somewhere, I did this. Um, Harry Potter. Harry hari comes from the word Hari. Hari Hare Krishna, Hari, Hari Krishna, Krishna, right? Krishna, yeah. And Hari means golden. So it means golden. And and Potter is is someone who makes pots, who makes vessels, who makes cups. Like top. in so, Egypt. Yeah, so basically what Harry Potter is is a, a man who makes pots of gold. What's a pot of gold? It's the... The gold—it's the Holy Grail. It's the golden chalice. It's the the vessel of which you know. It's that it's that sacred object that's that everyone's always yearning for, kind of thing, right? Precisely. And so, Harry Potter is basically like a man who search makes pots of gold or the Holy Grail and the Philosopher's Stone is essentially what that is saying. Which you know, is, I mean, yeah, I just learned so, I mean, that so I didn't know that. So, where, who is who is J.K. Rowling? Where did she get her education? What is she saying? You know, I mean. I, I can't believe that a, a billionaire like that just did it on her own. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. But
1: um. Well, you have you also have that gold. You have the golden streets that heaven is paid with, the golden apples on the tree of knowledge. You have the quest for the golden fleece, the story of the golden ass of uh, Alpuleus. You have mm-hmm. the, uh, the who has you know he has to eat the roses, which are a flower of initiation, Rosicrucianism. Uh, you have the gold for which uh, was part of the coffin Osiris was laid in, that was created by or made by Set or Seth, and then it was mm-hmm. cast into the Nile River. And by the way, Nile also uh, comes out to three six five, the life giver uh, during the yearly inundation of the Nile that brought life to Egypt and allowed Egyptian civilization to flourish. Uh, I mean, you just start to see all of these connections. Like you said, when I first started, this is what gave me such a thirst. I I started seeing, wait a minute, okay, so Osiris was put in a coffin, floated down the river, a tree, you know, the roots grew around the coffin, and he was risen inside of the uh, royal palace of a Syrian king. And part of that is the story of Cinderella. Then Moses was put into a coffin, he floated down a river, was raised as Egyptian royalty. They used to do this in Indian mysticism. Uh, part of the Hindu mythology. They did this uh, in uh, King Sargon of Akkad. He was put into a basket. He was a king royalty raised. Uh, You see this as essentially the basis of all the secret societies and mystery schools. And from what I have researched, Marty, what we see with the numerology in current events, the mass shootings, the the, the downright uh, goetic behavior, is that the secret teachings, which is why I love that name so much, Manley P. Hall's book, have been taken because they are very powerful and they have been used, exploited, and perverted in order to in order to I don't know if I'd say control, but maybe that's the best word, control the perception of reality for the mass majority of people, to the profane or to the vulgar, if you will. Boom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he just pretty much knocked it out of the park there I mean I think that's exactly what's going on too when I've talked to other people other um, like I just had a conversation uh, maybe a month or two ago with Richard Cassaro uh, great great researcher, uh, Mason he'll, he'll say the same thing um, especially when you look at um, Masonry and some of the other secret societies I think, and I've said this before say it again, I really think that that's what Masonry was in its inception was trying to keep alive The sacred sciences was trying to keep alive all of this body of information, the secret teachings was trying to basically be a recapitulation of those ancient mystery schools. And as soon as you have that, as soon as you have an organization like that, that's doing that, well, you can guarantee it's going to be infiltrated. You can guarantee it's going to be overtaken. And this is the really sad thing about when people just see Masonry and they're like, oh, it's all devil worshiping and evil and stuff like that. Well, if you actually read the history of Masonry, um, what's his name? Duke of Brunswick, I think is his name. He's got several quotes where he says in like the mid or late 1800s that it's like, hey, we should probably dissolve this whole order. Because it has literally been overtaken, it's been infiltrated by nefarious people that have uh, sick agendas that are going to pervert and, as you say, exploit this knowledge. So that's the really sad thing. But when you actually get to the core of the teachings and you get beyond all the paranoia and the hysteria and stuff like that, what you find is just gold. You find gold. Gold, that's you, you find, find gold. It's beauty. It's harmony. It's beauty. It's beauty. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and trying to communicate that to a mass audience on YouTube, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> I mean, I get it all the time. I'm not even a Mason. I don't belong to any of this stuff. None of it. I don't have a. I don't have any religion that I profess. I don't belong to any secret society. Never have. Have no intention of it. And yet, I get messages all the time about how I'm involved in the Illuminati and I'm a Mason and I'm, I'm spreading half truths with my whatever, you know? And it's just like, man, I I just want to grab those people and just be like, you have no idea. You have no idea what you're missing. And that's, that's what's so damn frustrating. Cause it's like, I mean, I just got a message today about how Albert Pike is a Satanist. I'm like, okay, that's cool. I mean, maybe that's your opinion. Maybe you're right. I don't know. He's dead. Never met the guy, but have you ever read his books? Have you ever picked up Morals and Dogma and started on page one and went all the way to page 600 or whatever it is? Did you ever read it? Because you might have a different opinion on who, who Albert Pike is if you actually read that book.
1: All right, it's but, It's like uh, Eliphas Levi's Transcendental Magic. People see the sabbatic goat on the front, or they, it's Baphomet, it's devil worship, devil worship. You know, I find that interesting because the Templars were supposedly accused of worshiping Baphomet, the horned goat. And when you see what Baphomet represents, it represents this occult science, the occult ideology, the secret teachings that were considered to be profane and the worship of the devil, if you will. And so that sense of empowerment that belonged to the initiates, uh, uh, the the empowerment through the refinement of the great evils, uh, the thoughts, actions, and emotions, superstition, ignorance, and fear, the empowerment was not something that the hierarchy of any government or any religious order wanted, because an empowered people meant that those organizations would lose power. So they profaned those very schools of thought that would that would empower the average person, even if it was just basic, you know, secret teachings like perhaps that of Jesus turning water into wine in front of the multitudes, performing miracles, turning a, a substance of lower. Uh, uh, quality into a substance of perceived higher quality, water into wine, grapes into wine through fermentation. That's why they call it spirits. They used to think that there was some supernatural force. I'm just ranting. You look like you had something to say.
0: <laughs> um, no. It, w- interesting thing about too, is once again, if... When you get into some of this, uh, you know, deeply esoteric stuff, like when you just said, like you you flash a, a picture of Baphomet. Just because you see a picture of Baphomet in an esoteric book, doesn't necessarily mean that they're devil worshippers and Luciferians, right? You know what's so interesting about spiritual work too is that when you just talked about lower nature and overcoming that, turning lead into gold, right? You got the lower. You're you're the you're the first deck in the the tarot deck is it's a fool. And you want to get to the end to be the world, if you will, right? Um, when you look at the picture like Baphomet, well, guess what? You, bet, you better look at that picture. You know why? Because if it does – if that is a representation of the devil as so many people believe it is and it could very well be, well, you should probably know what the devil is because how, how are you going to defeat that if you don't know your enemy? How Precisely. are you going to possibly defeat – and, and and throw asunder this evil force that's trying to bring you down, trying to depress you and tell you you're worthless and tell you all of that stuff. If you don't know, if you don't know it, you know you have to know the devil. You have to know that enemy so you can face it, face you know face to face and fight that thing. So there's just all all of that stuff. All of those perceptions are lost on the majority of people that go into this stuff, and they see something like that immediately. It's it's. Um, you know, it's it's evil. And one of the things that the devil actually points at Baphomet, you've seen this, it's on the tarot deck. In fact, it's like going like this, right? And it's saying as above, so below on the devil card, right? He's got his hand pointing up and his hand pointing down, Am I, at least on the EA weight you, you, you uh, are, version. You are right? correct. I'm
1: showing it on the YouTube video
0: right now. Oh, awesome. So, and then um, <clears throat> the man and woman are chained to it, right? That's in the devil, the El Diablo tarot. Mm-hmm.
1: I have I have an library. image of that too here. We're both is looking for stuff. We've got so many books and file <laughs> and files here.
0: Oh, okay. So okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay, cool. Um so anyway, you so it's basically this idea that the lower nature is is basically chaining you to the material world. And that's the black cube
1: in the tarot card, the black cube. The four points.
0: Yeah, okay, so um we were talking about you had sent me a message about the the teflon strap
1: and the, the black you the teflon the kabba at mecca with the two pillars in the background the kabbalah mm-hmm. jewish Let's,
0: mysticism do you want to hit on that a little bit because this gets into i mean since we're i, I just want to segue and transition into uh, something that's that i covered in that las vegas video as well when you talk about dark occult ritual black sure, magic sure,
1: j- just take us there absolutely
0: so you were just talking about it's like the, the black cube. Oh, that's that must be evil or something, right? You know, but a lot of people would say that. So, and then you have the the you, the Teflin strap, which is the you want to explain this a little bit. It's basically the strap that um, uh, Hasidic Jews or whatever wear, and they wrap it around their arm, around their arm, or their they, head usually, around their arm and head, and they wrap it around their arm seven times. Seven times, and,
1: and that's how many you're right, and that's how many times Muslims walk around the Kaaba, circumambulate
0: around the Kaaba, yeah, the big cube, the holy of holies. You I know, have, I have some and and they, of and, they here. and they and it's a big cube, and they're just circling around it. And I mean, and this is like they have to make this journey to Mecca. They're supposed to make this journey like once once in their lifetime, right? And then oh. you say, well, why why seven times? Why are they wrapping around their arms seven times? Why did God create the universe in seven days? Why is there seven days a week? Why is there seven colors of the rainbow? Why is there seven stars in the Big Dipper? Why is there seven in the movie, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And all of these things are showing that there's a there's a pattern underneath all of creation that man has the consciousness, the ability, and the capacity, intelligence to understand, which means that he has the intelligence to come to understand God. So adding one through seven... Teflon strap seven times, circumambulate around that thing seven times, Genesis one through seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven equals 28. So this, the seventh triangular number is 28, and that's how many phalanges you got, one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen, fourteen 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 14 times two is 28. 28, beautiful. So... <sighs> You know, you want to talk about something sacred. Do you want to talk about a, a, a body of information that's never going to change? It's going to be universal. It'll always be there. Well, there there you go. I mean, you're basically talking about, I mean, wh- what did we cover here? Judaism, Arabic, Genesis, you know, I mean, all, all of that stuff. And you can wrap all of it together through the, um,
1: what do I want to say? P- the patterns. The, a multi
0: multiple disciplinary study of what would be the sacred sciences? What would be actually the quadrivium and trivium? The quadrivium and trivium, which is seven studies. Seven studies. <laughs> Something yeah, I found so. about the uh, the Baphomet
1: character, this is my book, The Technological Elixir, you can see there on the YouTube, and I showed the picture. If you have a look at the the devil tarot card, as you said, you have the two humans chained to the black cube, and the difference between the devil and Baphomet is the Pentagram on the devil's head is descending downward, pointing toward the lower nature, and the horns are tilted downward, and his left arm is holding a torch, which is downward. On Baphomet, the torch and the pentagram are ascending, and the horns are bent upward. And what that symbol could mean in a lot of different ways are the two pillars of Solomon's temple, the two thieves, Jesus, was crucified between. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the light of the world, the flaming torch, which is at the top of the pentagram. And the top of the pentagram is what? It is consciousness, the fifth point, escaping from the four points of the material world, which is why Osiris is wrapped in linen and his head protrudes from the top. Consciousness escaping like Osiris, rising forth from the tomb, which is part of the Masonic initiation, rising forth from the grave or Lazarus come forth, risen from the dead. You know,
0: another thing that gets overlooked is the, the importance of one's consciousness and one's perception in viewing this stuff. So when you look at the the devil card here, right? Okay. So this is the devil card. And it's like, and as you were saying, it's got that upside down pentagram. Okay. Well, I guess it's an upside down pentagram. I guess that means it's evil. Well, not if you're God, that's how God sees it. Reversed. God sees a perfect pentagram. You see it like that, so it's evil. So the the pentagram, which once again, you know, I mean, on 9-11, they basically burned a big pentagon. They did, they? absolutely. They lit it on fire. <laughs> they burned a big <laughs> pentagram which is i mean, that's, I mean let's let's just call two, that what it is and let's just call powers. that what it is though that is absolute satanism to my, to me and when you get down to the intentionality what is their agenda what are they trying to do they're obviously not trying to spread peace and love that's for sure so when you look at the pentagram though and you talk about burning that pentagram well the pentagram why would you why would a burn pentagram mean evil well the pentagram as we just talked about encodes phi encodes 1 and 6.8, excuse me, one and 6.18 or 1.618, right? So that pentagram is, I mean, your, your whole body is created with the ratio of Phi, you know, the, the cochlea of your ear is, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Your face is made with Phi Phi is one of those blueprints of design. That's in creation that God created. And that's why you have five fingers, you know? So you have the perfect pentagram. It's got that ratio of Phi in there you can double check all that yourself you can do the math yourself this is lots of people know this stuff so then you, basically what that is is that is one of those design templates that god created it's one of the patterns one of the patterns pater pater means father it's latin for father so when you talk about patterns reveal god no they do like you know, when you talk about patterns within nature reveal God, that's literally pattern means p- pater, which means father. And here's a question: about the father. Here's you know? a
1: question relating to those patterns. This is something I've brought up on my shows many times, and I never, I never like to to definitively state this is why something happened. This is how something happened. It's just an observation. And so I had many interpretations of any world event, the, the Las Vegas shooting, because of a more recent show where I looked at it and thought, well, maybe some of these numbers, because they become so popular and well-known that as soon as an event happens, people on YouTube start jumping to, it's the Illuminati, it's Satanism. Maybe the media picks those numbers and reports on them because they know it'll maybe boost their numbers. Uh, Perhaps those numbers are placed there because intentionally it is done. Those outlets are told report on 33, find 32, find 13, find 12, etc. But another part of it, which is where I'm more so lean is that this is sort of the fabric of nature and of God and if you're aware of it, if you can read those the, those uh, symbols, if you can read that language, you start to see it everywhere because it's almost like you're decoding the matrix.
0: That, I mean that's how I feel. That's my experience. you know that's been my experience that basically it was it was basically just like learning a language. I mean, it was learning a language because, you know, when I teach, I'm teaching essentially the language of mathematics, you know? And so when I started learning this stuff, like I learned, what does one mean? Is it a prime? Is it not a prime? Is it even? Is it odd? What is the geometry of one? How does it interact with the other numbers? What is two? What is the principles of two? Is it duality? What is three? Is the trinity, et cetera, et cetera. And when you learn all of that, And then you go out into your world, that's, (laughs) I hate to say it, that's like all you'll see. You know, I mean, I see it all the time. And so to me, that is me, uh, that is when you go into this study, that is you understanding that that uh, alphabet of God, if you will, the language in which God speaks is laying this out. And when we just said about five. I mean, this is why God gave you 10 fingers. And this is why God put five on one hand and five on the other, because it's trying to tell you something. And you're only going to learn this. You're not going to learn this through Hebrew or Greek or German or French or Italian. You're going to learn it how? Numbers. And your whole body is made. With that, thirty three bones in your spinal column, you know, thirteen main joints and twenty eight phalanges and 20, 20 uh, twenty six bones in each feet and thirty two, uh, teeth in your jawbone, twenty when you're a child, which is fifty two total, which is the number of weeks in the year. You have twenty two, uh, bones in your skull and seven orifices, twenty two divided by seven, seven is five. all of this the stuff is you. You know, this is the, the emanations of God through mathematics creating the human vessel.
1: Buddha took seven steps at birth. Those are the seven emanations of, of God, the Spirit moving across the waters, sacred geometry, the seed of life, the uh, flower of life, etc. <clears throat> the, uh,
0: the other point, we, to uh, kind of bring this back around, you talked about the, the Seal of Solomon, Star of David, um, you know, pe- how many people see that. It's like, oh, it's Jewish! It's like, hey, um, di- did you know you can actually find that in the Fibonacci sequence? Mm-hmm. So, um, you, you have those star of David as above, so below, right? The Freemasonic square encompasses, you got a compass point knob square pointing down. Well, those are ultimately six points around one. And that's exactly what the three-dimensional mathematics of you. It's how you experience reality. You got forward, reverse, up, down, left, and right. And then all of those merge, converge onto an origin point. And that's the seventh point.
1: Yeah, actually, I, there's another, uh, uh, there's so much, Marty. While we're talking here, that I'm thinking about you. You talk, and then I talk, and then we're going in.
0: We're I going in seven different directions. <laughs> oh, well. I think. Right. Yeah. There's <laughs> kind of careening everywhere.
1: There, there's so much <laughs> content, but uh, you, you had a um, you had a die or a, a dice you looked at, and one of the things you pointed out that I didn't recognize was that on the opposite of one is six. The opposite of two is five, right? And each of those equals one, seven, 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 yep. seven. Seven, uh, seven,
0: seven. Seven, seven, seven. So okay, so here's yet another one. This is one, um, Aleister Crowley, right? On his book, Ma- I think it's in his book, Magic, but he's got 777. And he's used that quite a bit. And then so people on the internet, without doing any sort of research whatsoever, devil or even, <laughs> it's blah, it's <laughs> the devil. Oh, I gotta run away. Three sevens, you know. And and then you said, well, wait, what, why didn't you ask the number or why? <laughs> Did you just look? You just associated Aleister Crowley, beast, evil, he used 777, don't ever look at 777. Well, I can guarantee you that the dark occultists of this world, that mentality that you are embracing and adopting, the dark occultists of the world are celebrating that you're adopting that mentality. Once you because that means that you'll that never way. look into this
1: stuff. Precisely.
0: 777. So you just said it on, I'm sorry, I wouldn't mean to job there, but 777, you saw that on the dice, right? Um, let me just go over this again. You know, the uh, two, its opposite is five. You know, one, its opposite is six, three, its opposite is four. Three plus four is seven, two, oh, two plus five is seven, one plus six is seven, right? Seven, seven, seven. Seven times seven times seven is 343, and seven plus seven plus seven is 21, and 343 plus 21
1: is 365. So 365, one, and we're back to the days in the one solar
0: day, year. Yeah, you're, you're talking about basically a lunar calendar and a lunar calendar that helps you associate to a solar year. And all that, encoded in the n- number seven. And where did we—oh, that's right, it was right here, remember? So it's like those are universal principles. That has nothing to do with evil. It has nothing to do with anything. I mean, the, the same concepts and ideas and, are, are within Genesis 1-1 that are on the cover of Aleister Crowley.
1: The, the hexagon also is a two-dimensional version, if you were to draw it out a six-pointed star or a six-sided hexagon. If you take that in three dimensions, you can see that all seven of those points, I believe, emanate from an eighth source. Is that correct? Have you seen that before?
0: <clears throat> the, what is that? Um, do you have an image of it? Oh, I, sorry, I, I think I'm.
1: Yeah, I have an image of it here. I'll show you. It's called it's called the relation of the spiritual sun to the physical sun, and you can see the, oops, the seven points coming from the eighth point. If you are to view it from a different perspective, there. Let's
0: see if you can. Can you see that? Okay. Interesting. No, I've never seen that.
1: Uh, just some, just something else I'm thinking of to pull, just pulled out and threw at you. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well,
0: yeah, it, I'll have to look into that more. I mean, I know when you're looking at that cube right there, cube is essentially the representation of the three-dimensional mathematics of the human being as well. Same representation as the Star of David, of Solomon, Freemasonic square and compasses, and you, because you have six sides of that cube merging together to be, become one cube. Also yeah. in,
1: in uh, Zoro- is it Zoroastrianism, Ahura uh, Mazda had six assistants assist in the creation of the universe, like the six days of creation. Uh, I think Mithraism, and more specifically the Persian Zoroastrianism, where the concepts of Satan or the devil and God as being two different and distinct beings, good and evil, darkness and light, were really permeated by the Persian religions, or the Persian mystics, the Persian magi, Uh, Anyway, though, I want to put the brakes on just for a moment, let you know that you're listening to The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable. I'm here with Marty Leeds. You can see us both on the YouTube stream, whether you're listening in 2017 or 2050. You can go to YouTube. If they haven't taken the video down, you can watch it there for free. I'll also put it on our website at www.thesecretteachings.info. Marty's website, I'll let you give it out. What's your website and YouTube?
0: (laughs) Uh, Marty Leeds 33. You just punch it into Google and all that, and I'll come up. So Marty Leads
1: 33, and the YouTube will come up, too, or YouTube.com forward slash Marty Leads, L-E-E-D-S 33. My email is rdgable, r-d-gable at com. Tonight we're talking about the demystification of mysticism, and I know that we have talked about probably 50 different subjects, maybe, maybe 33 different <laughs> subjects in, in the first hour. <laughs> I know we should try
0: to reel it in a little bit. Huh? <laughs> it, that's,
1: that's what I'm thinking. Uh, I, I have tons of notes. I have uh, articles. I've got books all over my desk. I know you've been, you've been looking through books and, and notes there on your desk and you got up and grabbed another book, uh, one of your books. Where would you like to take this, this broadcast? You just did a big show on de-occulting the Las Vegas shooting. I've written down uh, a, uh a number of numbers about that shooting. Some other things I found out, such as the ammunition stockpile that Paddock had, he had a stockpile of .223 caliber, so .223 caliber ammunition. Something else I found, the 33 victims from California, seven lived in Nevada, six of those in Vegas, 58 dead, five and eight is 13, and five and eight is also Fibonacci, one, one, two, three, five, 8 13, five plus eight is 13. That's part of the Mm -hmm. pattern again. Uh, The 33 guns in 12 months. He checked into the hotel three days prior, the 32nd floor, uh, you know, 32nd floor room 13, 5. The 12 semi automatic weapons that had bump stocks. All of these numbers are numbers that the mainstream media and that the law enforcement agencies are giving us. We're not looking for these. These are actual headlines that are being given to us. These are found in the news articles, the numbers that are being presented to us. Take us on a journey, Marty. Tell us about these numbers and other cases and other instances, and in the case of Las Vegas, what exactly are they trying to tell us? And not people,
0: what are the numbers telling us? Okay, so um, why don't why don't we talk about why don't we talk about Sandy Hook a little bit, actually? Because this might be a good way to show how me- – if you haven't seen the occulting in Las Vegas shooting video, check that out. And what you can – what I'm trying to present in that video is that basically what we were witnessing there was a false flag and was a dark occult ritual to basically put it in the most basic terms possible. And what, from what I gather looking into this stuff, all of these false flags are this – They're occult rituals and that they're Kabbalistically encoded. So let's talk about, and I covered this a little bit in that video, but Sandy Hook, Sandy Hook. um, I just did an entire documentary on this called Dear Wolfgang, uh, Revisiting Sandy Hook. So please check it out on my channel. And I also uh, interviewed Wolfgang on my podcast and check that out. But Sandy Hook was, I mean, okay. let's. I'm going to throw some numbers at everybody. I wish I had the whiteboard. I mean, I wish we could do the whiteboard thing, but it's it's um, not going to happen. So Sandy Hook, Adam Lanza. Adam Lanza was supposedly the shooter that shot 20, 20 children, six adults, his mother, and then himself, right? 28. So t- 28. 28 total. This was a capstone event. Capstone, where does capstone come from? Well, you know, the the, the Great Pyramid of Giza is a truncated pyramid. And that's, you actually see it on the back of the $1 bill. It's the all seeing eye of God or the eye of Providence that's lifted up from the top of that pyramid. Now, that whole, all of that is completely misconstrued by most people of what any of that stuff means. But the capstone on the top of the pyramid is you. You are the capstone on the top of the pyramid. And that's why capstone equals 28 you know? Adam, let, so let's talk about this and how all of this stuff is, is encoding this. The, the Great Pyramid of Giza, truncated top, all-seeing eye of God, what that does is square the circle. The, the fundamental blueprint of the Great Pyramid of Giza squares the circle. Brings Ex- heaven Explain and earth that together. to us.
1: It brings heaven and earth together, squaring the circle. Yeah,
0: exactly, right? Because Heaven is known as, a, geometrically is known as a circle, and earth is geometrically known as a square. Now, there's a there's a, just a ton of different places that you can find this, um, this fundamental idea. Um, it's in the, um, well, the Great Pyramid of Giza for one of them, but um, it's in the, the ancient Chinese Gai Taiyan. It's in the, um, the Dome of the Rock. The Dome of the Rock is created with basic, the, the Buddhist stupa, the, the Buddhist stupa, which is like one of these holy temples built with a circle and square, same thing. Um, the Dogon use this. I mean, you could just go on and on and on and on, circle and square. So, the, the Great Pyramid of Giza, if you make its base 22, its height is going to be 14. So, base, basically, what you have is this fundamental triangle that you can proportion out in a bunch of different ways. Well, one of those main proportions is 22 and 14. 22 base, 14 height. Adam Lanza, Adam equals, in English Gematria, Adam equals 7, and Lanza equals 6. Seven and six, okay? The upper angle, the capstone, the capstone of the upper angle of the Great Pyramid Giza is at roughly 76 degrees. It's actually 76.3 degrees. So you have seven and six in an Adam. The numeric values of the words seven and six, seven equals 22. S-E-V-E-N is six, five, 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 one. This equals 22. And six is uh, six, five, three. And this equals 14. So... Adam equals seven, Lance equals six, seven equals twenty-two, and six equals fourteen. And this is a capstone event. Twenty-six people were shot at that school. Well, and then you had Adam or Nancy Lanza and then Adam, which equals 28, right? Well, when they drug all those kids out that sang at the Super Bowl, the elementary school choir that sang at the Super Bowl it was, they they drug all those kids out and they put them on this grandstand and they had 13 kids down here and 13 kids up here. And that's exactly how the cipher is actually built. It's 26 letters and it's 13 and 13. And then you just go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Well, the kid that was at the very top at the top of the grandstand at position seven was Ben Wheeler, and Ben Wheeler's parents is David and Francine Wheeler, and they're the first—they're pe- the first people besides the president to give the presidential address to the nation, and they're fucking liars. They're lying. Why are they lying, Marty? Because their kid is not dead, and it probably is not even her- their kid. <laughs> you know. So basically, what the- David and Francine said is that they had their child that died at Sandy Hook. No one died at Sandy Hook. As far as I can tell, no one died at Sandy Hook. And so basically you have this dark occult ritual that these people are are participating in, and they drug these children that are supposedly dead out into the middle of the field and put them in the position of the English Gamatria cipher. And the whole Sandy Hook event is encoding the, the proportions of the Great Pyramid of Giza, and the event is hosted by or, or is a capstone event, which is once again a reference to the Great Pyramid of Giza. <laughs> For the, so for the Sandy Hook, let me say one more thing, quick. Sandy Hook, Sandy equals fourteen in English Camatria. Hook equals thirteen. Sandy equals fourteen. Hook equals thirteen. You read that backwards. It's three one four one. It's pi.
1: Pi. So if you have a look at the usage of the word you just used, they. Does it matter to you who they are? Does that come into any of your research? Do the numbers? relate to who they are? Is that relevant? Is that significant? That's one of the big questions I'm always asked, and I've gotten to a point where, to me, it doesn't really necessarily matter who they are. If you can name somebody, sure, but it doesn't really necessarily matter who they are. What matters is we can read this language, and we know what's happening, and we know what's, what's, what the language is telling us. We know what these symbols are telling us. Does it matter to you who they are?
0: Oh, man, that's a great question because it's – god, there's so many places we could go there. (laughs) I mean, yes, it does matter who who they are because these people are committing these heinous acts and they have an agenda. And to me, this agenda, from what I've seen – now, if I end up being wrong about this, like I, I always say, I hope I am wrong because it doesn't end well for humanity but from what i can tell these people have an agenda and that th- this is the way i understand it anyway that there's a theology behind this group they and they and that theology has an eschatology has an end game and that end game is enslavement of humanity the destruction of the, the biosphere if you will the destruction of earth I, like I said, I hope I'm wrong about that. Who they are, I mean, I think that we can actually point to um, some, of these, some of these groups. Um, sure, I think sure. Zionism has a lot to do with it. I think there's a—I I like to be very specific about this, too. I think there is a sect of Judaism that is specifically hell-bent on overtaking the world. Now people, now that, you know, people throw out the Jews and stuff. And I don't like to say Jews because I know that there's a whole lot of Jews that want nothing to do with that agenda. And so it's very easy to just throw out Jews or Masons or blah, 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 blah. And I don't, I don't like to do that. You know, when we talk about they, I'm talking about a very specific group of people that I think we can actually start naming names. I think there's a lot of people out there that are doing a lot of great work to point out some of directly who these people are. I would say that we should call out anybody that we know that is involved in any of these events, like any of those FBI agents that, for Las Vegas shooting, for instance, any of those FBI agents or whatever that are behind there that are watching like a hawk, those those Vegas police, you know, uh, giving out the narrative, f- fucking find those people and drag them in and start questioning them. You know, it's not going to happen. Of course, I don't. I don't expect it to happen. But um, when you say, um, when so you th- say Zionism, the they is important. I think
1: you say Zionism in relation to uh, any form of Judaism, a radical, extreme sect of Judaism, or some mm-hmm. perverted sect of Judaism, is that one of the reasons we see so much Jewish mysticism, Kabbalah, in the symbolism of these events in the numerology? Or is it just because Kabbalah and Jewish mysticism is the basis for a, a lot of other forms of mysticism?
0: The latter, you know, people say people think this is an important thing because people say Kabbalah, and so and I mean I, you, I'm sure you know better, but people say Kabbalah and they automatically think Jew, you know Judaism. That's just not the case, you know. Kabbalah means cube, and so really what you're talking about is a universal archetype that's based on geometry. Now Kabbalah in 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 you could say that gamatria in some respects is Kabbalah, right? Kabbalah has there's different aspects to Kabbalah. There's the ten emanations of God and the thirty-two, the twenty-two letters and the thirty-two Half paths race. and yeah. all of that sort of stuff, right? I get that. But when you talk about the science of gematria, Kabbalah is, I mean, it's part and parcel, right? I mean, Kab- gematria is extremely involved in Kabbalah. So when we say Jewish mysticism, really, what I think you're just talking about is that mysticism. Is there a, is there a Judaic? aspect of it? Yes. Is there an Arabic aspect of it? Yes. Is there a Christian aspect of it? Yes. We have all of these things, and they all, at least from what I see, all of the, all of them have been perverted at this point. You know, I don't really think that most of the people that are in control of this knowledge system are doing any good for humanity.
1: Why, why is it, do you think, that people like myself, people like you, and our great listeners and supporters, how do you think we can pick this out, but it's still crazy to the general public, and it's mocked and ridiculed by the people that make the decisions to use this information for these purposes. What, 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 what exactly is it about uh, recognizing this information that makes it so, makes it so crazy to, to find these patterns and to actually look at the mathematics and the numbers, which are indisputable in terms of what we witness? I have not. It's okay if you don't have an answer. (laughs) No,
0: I I honestly don't have an answer for that because it's, it's really sucks that. uh, Let me say this. I, you know, I think humanity has been so dumbed down, so programmed, so propagandized, you know, from our, the very education system to even uh, higher education systems is to me is The majority of it is propaganda, lies, deception, programming, that sort of stuff. You have to – every single human being, it's hard enough to like just be born onto this plane of existence and then figure out what's going on, right? That's hard enough, let alone when you are born into this plane of existence and then you're fed lies from – before you even get out of the womb. And so you have to go through your whole life and you have to basically, you know, meander through all that and you're grasping around in the dark and you have to basically unlearn this stuff. And that process is, I think, very difficult. I think it's very difficult for most people. It's really hard to put yourself up against a um, an obstacle if you don't know what's after that obstacle, meaning if you don't know if there's any solutions after you, you know, you, you you defeat that that problem or or you figure something else out. And in fact, I think in general, like what you see when you go go into this stuff is that there aren't a lot of solutions for these issues. Do you know what I'm saying? I, Am I making sense here?
1: I do, I do. There's something I wanted to add. Well, two things I want to add. The first thing I want to add is uh-huh. when I become informed or when I have become informed and the more research I do, the more books I read, the more radio shows I do, the more people I interview. That sense of empowerment that I acquire, even through taking care of myself because my diet, my lifestyle is very pure, uh, I, I have a sense of empowerment that, that makes me feel as if, and it's not an ego thing, I just feel as if that gives me the ability to, to uh, disassociate myself from a, a large section of that controlling mechanism of the status quo in terms of where I go get my food. And whether or not I watch TV, and am am I entertained in the same way that the system itself wants me to be entertained? Am I completely, uh, my life completely saturated with sports and with reality shows? I can disconnect from a lot of that, and I can empower myself in ways that that the system itself doesn't even allow people to recognize. You have the ability to, ability to do that. Uh, the The other thing I wanted to add to that was in terms of the question I asked. One of the things I get asked a lot, Marty, is, are there good guys?" And I think that's where I was going with that question. If there are, quote- unquote, "bad guys that are exploiting the secret teachings per se, are there not where good guys good like guys? guys? The good guys like us that have that power in those positions, in government, in any institution, law enforcement, etc? Or is the black magic just too perverse?
0: That's a great question, man. I mean, where are the good guys? I guess that's kind of where I was going with that. Being like, it's hard to be the good guy because, it, you know, the um, it's it's so easy for you to for not you or me or a lot of people, whatever. But I, I would say that people that get into sort of the dark, get into the occult at all. I think it's even at the, even at the very base levels, right? introductory stuff, especially if there's a group that's behind there that has any sort of nefarious intent, it's easy to grab those people and corrupt their morals or corrupt their ethics, um, blackmail them, that sort of stuff. So I think that you might see more of that because of that aspect of it. I don't, I don't really have a good answer for that, man. I, I, ask, I guess I asked the question, too, where are the good guys you know, where are they? I don't know. Yeah, people, I guess that's what I'm trying to do is, is be one of them. Be one of them. And then maybe <laughs> and maybe that's
1: the answer to the question. People like you, people like me, people like our listeners and our viewers are are the good guys. And by exposing this, I mean, if it wouldn't be for people...
0: Well, no, sometimes I'm a shithead. Just, <laughs> well, we, I think we all can, we, yeah. we all can I mean, be you gotta, that way. I also got to be honest with myself, too. You know, I mean, we're all human beings. We all go through our ups and downs and ebbs and flows and the vicissitudes of being in the human experience, you know and it hasn't been any i'm sure it hasn't been for you either i don't really think it is any but i mean life is hard right it's but it's it's definitely a difficult thing i mean it's it's psychologically it's uh, it's a toll. it's a it's difficult it just is i mean to to do all this stuff you know the i the, mean i get so much hatred i get so much backlash just for numbers and 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 I don't even make a living doing this. And so it's like every day I go I go out and I put a new video out or I do a conversation like this and you're 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 fighting. It's a fight. This is not easy shit at I've, all.
1: I've said that the late journalist and author Jim Mars, who is a friend of mine, that if it wouldn't be for people like Jim, when I'm asked the question, why do you do this? It doesn't make any difference. Well, Jim Mars, if he didn't do what he did, we would be years, decades behind on research into the Kennedy assassination, into secret societies, uh, in terms of what he presented. And when you factor in hundreds of other reputable authors and researchers, if it wasn't for what they do... I personally believe, maybe not for you, Marty, but for me, it would make my work a lot more difficult. If it wasn't for someone like a Jim Mars, I would be starting where Jim Mars began. So then the next generation can start where Marty Leeds left off and where Ryan Gable left off, and it's a lot easier to decipher the code and the language of the universe and the language also of what these people are doing, again, using that ambiguous word, they. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean... If, if anything, I want to leave something for future generations. Um, I, I said this a little while back, but when I, um, I was in Boy Scouts and one of the things they would always teach you is that, and I think it's an old native myth or whatever, um, proverb or whatever, but it's basically leave your world better than you got it and you received it and leave it better for seven generations. And so, to me, that I, I I take that to heart. I really do. I don't have any children. I'm not going to have any children. My brother doesn't have any children. When my family's gone, there will be no more of us. And so, I don't. You know, I could just be, <laughs> I could just have fun and not do any of this stuff. But um, as as Mark Passio says, you have a moral obligation. <laughs> um, I, I feel like I have a moral obligation to do this stuff. I mean, this this canon of information has helped me in ways that I can't even language right and so I know if I can teach this stuff like I do and I feel like I'm a pretty good teacher of it then if I can pass this on to other people and that can aid them then I think that's God's work so I think if you're out there and you're a truth seeker and you're telling the truth and you're and you're doing everything in your power to fight the evil of the world and expose and enlighten I think you're doing God's work and I think that's what we're here to do